Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. My name's Jim Gallagher. I'll be your host today. Appreciate you listening. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to get your copy of Only One Shot. That's available at Amazon. It's written by VJ Trollio, the teaching professional at Old Waverly Golf Club. Big special thanks to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. And you can find Steve at steveazar.com. Well, today I've got a one of the best college golf coaches on the men's side, that's Scott Limbaugh. He's been at the helm at Vandy. This is his 10th season. And before he came to Vandy, Vandy only had 10 all-SEC players up to that point. And uh, he has really turned this program into one of the premier programs in the country. Uh, as of coming into this season, they've had 22 SEC players under his watch, 17 individual tournament winners, 26 titles not including this season, which will increase, uh, of course. He had the number one recruiting class coming into this season as well, and they've been in the top ten, I believe, the last seven to eight years, and the spring has been phenomenal, capping it off with that win at the SEC. They've won four out of five events this spring, and uh, the last team to win back-to-back SECs, which they did, was Alabama in 2013-14-15. He's one of the best college coaches in the men's side, and we're excited to have him on. Let's get Scott Limbaugh on the line. Well, let's welcome Scott Limbaugh to the podcast. I can't wait uh, to get to talk to him. He's uh, coming off a he and the Vandy men's golf team coming off just an incredible spring and winning the SEC. Uh, Scott, thanks for spending some time with us. Oh, I'm excited about it, Jim. Thanks for having me on. You uh, you guys have kind of turned it on in the spring, winning four out of five, and we can go through all the list of it, but uh, and capped it off at the SEC. What changed from maybe the fall to the spring? Because you had the number one recruiting class coming in. You always have some great teams. I think um, the way my assistant coach, Gator Todd, and I approached this year was we knew we were going to have a uh, – a tremendous amount of depth and maybe a lot more depth than we had had before. And, and so really wanted to do, um, to serve the guys well and also hold them, you know, to a high standard in the fall in terms of, we did a lot of qualifying qualified for every tournament, lots of spots. Um, so just, you know, and so I don't know, Jim, I'm a big believer in taking steps, you know, don't, don't sell your turn, you know, don't sell everything for short term success. You, and, and the way I lead is you're always looking for the end game. And so we, we always thought we had a great amount of talent and good leadership. Um, but we also think, you know, you got to earn things in life. And um, I'm a big believer in that. And so, yeah, we rolled the balls out all fall and played a different lineup in every event we played in. And that continued into the spring. And I, I just think the guys were, um, they were hungry in the off season. Felt like, uh, you know, we, we definitely didn't play to our potential. And uh, they've just they've come out this spring and, and um, really turned it on and, and uh, just excited to see how they've competed. You know, you talk about qualifying. That's what's so difficult. Pepperdine went through it. Uh, you guys are deep. Pepperdine went through it uh, last year. They had two or three guys that could play for anybody, and you've got the qualifying, which keeps them sharp. But that's tough sometimes on a coach. That Do you hold a spot just in case, or do you exempt players based on how they played maybe the tournament before? How do you do the qualifying? got a system in place here that, that you know we try to model it around the pga tour in terms of earning exemptions based on top tens uh, for the next week 
and, and, and things like that, Jim. But there is no perfect way. But yeah, we we've been qualifying right up to you know to our last regular season event. We qualified for the Mossy Oak uh, tournament, and then um, you know we rolled with the same team um, over to to SECs that week. But I just think it makes you better, and it prepares you for what's in the future uh, in, in your life. You're, you're going to have to do those, whether it be a one day qualifier, a three round qualifier. It doesn't matter. You you got to be able to get your mental and physical focus up to the level that, that it has to be at or, or you don't get to play. And that, that to me, that just embodies what what the game of golf does for you. Absolutely. And, and I, I was talking with Raymond Floyd at the Masters about the zone and what it's like to be in the zone. And you guys are kind of in that zone. Uh, you are as a coach. You bring passion and, and, and just energy like very few coaches. And that it, it spreads over into your team. Uh, how would you describe the zone you guys are kind of in uh, right now or just kind of the mental state uh, that you guys are playing in right now? I hope you myself as being, I'm not in any zone. I, you know, I, this is, I, you know, players do the work. I, you know, I, I try to do a, a, as good a job as I can learning from my past experiences, what's worked, what hasn't worked, adjusting to new players with new roles, building a new team. Each year is a new team. You have to be able to adapt and adjust to what that team needs. And I would just say, you know, we've, we've had, you know, three guys really that have played very, very consistently well. When you look at Gordon Sargent, um, a freshman, um, he's, he's, he's been our most consistent player the entire year from start to finish. He's the only player that we've had that's played in all, um, 10, 11, however many events we've played in, 10 or 11. He's played, he's the only one that's played in any one of them. And then Cole Sherwood, I mean, he's won twice this spring. Um, he, he's just played unbelievable, all finishing top 10 in every event. Um, and, and Reed Davenport, Reed's really stepped up as a leader, kind of showing the way, being hungry. Uh, but my mentality, I, you know, I've, I've got an underdog mentality. I always have, and, and, and that's the kind of uh, mentality I want our golf program to have is an underdog, blue-collar mentality that there's always something to do. You've always, you, you know, you're always reinventing yourself. You've always got to push your, your mind farther, but, but also have fun doing it. And uh, I, I believe in fun, and, uh, and, and, and so we, we try to do a lot of things just to, to make the make the mood light and fun, um, but uh, and our guys have embraced that, and 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 they work hard. They don't have to be kind of told, "Oh, go do this or go do that." They they want to get in the dirt and get better. What are some of those things you do to kind of keep it fun? I remember Sissy, my wife, played at LSU, and Buddy Alexander. They'd throw the football around. They just kind of relax, but they'd spend, you know, before you knew it, you're out there for four or five hours, and you didn't even know it because time passed by. Uh, so quick what are some of the things you guys do to kind of keep it light just whatever go to the ball go to a baseball game together um flip on you know the basketball you know playoffs or you know dress up like a master's player and during the masters and you pick your partner dress up like him let's go tee it up have fun yesterday we had a you know i let those those three top players of ours choose them up a team and let's go let's go tee it up and you guys are in charge what you want the format to be you know you want them to own the team jim it can't be just a scott limbaugh gator tied team that's that's not that's not why you do this uh and that's my opinion is you want them to say this is mine i will do whatever it takes 
to, to, to make this team great. There's a standard that's been set, and it's our job to stay above that standard. And to me, the way that happens is giving them more more stake in that ownership. And uh, and the more and that sometimes that's why it takes some teams a little longer to develop. You know, you asked about the fall and why it was this way versus why the springs that way. Well, they, a lot of times. Young guys come in here. The world's moving fast. They don't know what we're talking about. When this is yours, this is your house. We got it. You know, they're they're worried about where the next building is. That where the next class is. And I I forgot what dorm room I'm in, or you know whatever. You know, it, and so it, sometimes it's just our sport's a little different. You just kind of get thrown into the heater. I mean, hello. By the way, first day of school, we're qualifying today, tomorrow, and the next day, and next we're off to whatever tournament. You know what I mean? There's no time to like hold on now, where was my locker again? And where is that course we're playing? And so sometimes it just, you know, takes different teams, different times to, to kind of hit their stride. And, um, and this year it certainly probably was a little, little later than maybe we expected or the outside world expected, but I never was like internally panicked thinking, Oh, I'm worried about this. Or I was just worried about, can we be the best team we can be? Well, you talk about Gordon Sargent. That's what's so impressive to what he did his freshman year. I think a co- Cohen Trollio down at LSU, these freshmen come in so prepared. Uh, and I don't know, it just seems like these guys have got the tools, they've got great instructors, and they're prepared when they get to college. But what are you looking for when you're out recruiting a player to come to Vandy? Because you not only have to play good golf, but you got to keep up some really high academic standards. Jim, I'm really big on my initial kind of feels, and sometimes I'm right and sometimes I'm wrong. But I, I, you know, we can all find good, good golfers. You know, you can go right to that scoreboard. You can see the guys that make their way up there a lot of times. But a lot, you know, in order to kind of build the type of program or whatever you want to call it, culture, team, and this environment, you've got to find guys that really want to be coached. They want to do that stuff. I've never one time in my 10 years here tried to like, oh, but if you can't, you know, sell Vanderbilt short, I've never tried to apologize for our academics. I've never tried to apologize that we're going to have good players here that are going to push you. I'm never guaranteeing you play in time ever, nobody ever. And so this is what we're going to do. This is our kind of blueprint on, on how we're going to do it, and, and we're going to adjust accordingly. But either, you know, you just got to figure out if that's what you want is excellence in everything that you do. Uh, if, if that's what you want to be about, then come on. But we're not going to coddle you. We're going to come from a place of love and accountability. Um, but it's going to be certainly an environment that, you know, we think you can thrive in if you like being competitive. If you want to shy away from competition, there's probably it in the place for you. Well, I, I think your baseball coach, Tim Corbett, he talks about recruiting athletes that have played other sports. Uh, what's your opinion on that? And that has to help because golf is such an individual sport. And now you're trying to build team chemistry with a bunch of individuals. And, and, and I'm picking on to just whoever, but golfers, it's all about me. And now you bring them into college golf and it's a team atmosphere. And I, I, I hear more and more you know, good players talk about, I learned so much on team sports and playing other sports. What's your opinion on that when you're recruiting? Jim Jackson Van Paris, he's out here putting and and uh, just thinking about Jackson, he was a um, he's been through tough times. You know, he's uh, in terms of just playing. Uh, he's been on basketball teams, played basketball up until his senior year of high school. Knows what it's like to kind of step up to a free throw line, have to make a you know a one and one free throw at the end of a game, and, you know, and being being willing to fail doing it. 
You know, Gordon Sargent played baseball for a long time. William Maul, probably our best all-around athlete on our team, like, you know, played travel baseball. I love that. Now, we're getting, as you know, Jim, you've we're getting in a much more specialized you know, world right now. I mean, I got a six-year-old little boy that already getting asked to play travel, travel baseball. And, uh, and, you know, and, and my, my, my wife played college basketball at Alabama. And uh, so she kind of lived that specialization life a little bit. And, um, and so we're very much like, no, no, no golf. The summer's going to be golf for, for the little guy. We're going to play golf in the summertime. Cause I just, you know, and you're right. I, I've, I've listened to a lot of core stuff and spent a lot of time with him and he's very big on, you know, getting that broader, you know, um, perspective from what different sports brings. And that, that's what I did, Jim. I, I played, you know, I didn't play golf at this, this level. I played at the, the junior college level, then the uh, NAI level. I've coached at the Division three level, then and, and it gives you just this broader perspective. And I played all three sports all the way through high school: basketball, baseball, football. And and I think it 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 has been a blessing to me in terms of just helping me understand what a team shapes into. And and I don't have it right, Jim. I don't even come close to thinking I have it right. I, what but what I do think is. I've had some experiences in my life, some hardships, some tough times that really help you uh, help learn how guys struggle and what they're going through and when they need a hand on their shoulder and being told, you're fine, buddy, it's going to be all right, and then when they need to be you know, held accountable. And I think there's, there's, there's a line there, and that, that, to me that's what coaching is. Absolutely. Raymond Floyd talked about uh, he sees so many tour players afraid to fail. He's, he always approached it as an opportunity. Uh, don't be afraid to get in the middle of the fire. Uh, you know, you're going to fail probably more than you win, especially at golf. But I, I agree. I, I, I just think you learn so much playing those other sports and it's, and, and you just come in there and you have to kind of fail. You have to learn from those failures uh, because I've seen guys have it pretty easy. They're great junior players. And we saw Jordan Spieth struggle there. I mean, he worked hard, but it, it was pretty easy for Jordan for a long time and he's back to playing a little bit better. So I, I think those struggles, you've got to kind of figure out, hey, you know, you got to dig deep. I've always approached my uh, uh, career as always the underdog role. I was the second best player in Indiana growing up. Uh, a guy named Larry Gosswell was the best player, maybe one, two in the country. Uh, he was winning everything. I couldn't beat him, but I kept fighting and fighting. And I think that's a, you see that in, in your teams. And that's why, you know, your teams have been in the top ten, you know, the last seven or eight years. It's been a phenomenal role. And it's it's interesting because Mark Loomis, who I work with at the Golf Channel, and you've talked to him, I know, when they were playing, they weren't that good at Vandy. Uh, they only had ten guys that were all SEC, and you've really just turned it around. And Was there a coach or a, a specific time maybe when someone influenced you to kind of help you with your coach? You know, J.C. Well, at, at Alabama, you were an assistant under him. Was there a coach that kind of influenced you early on and wanted you to get into coaching that's helped you with your coaching? It makes me emotional when you start thinking about who, how, what, how, you know, how did I get to be in the position that I'm in? Because, you know, I don't deserve this. I'm, I'm fortunate to have it and want to treat it with the utmost of care. But obviously people have affected, you know, that. So this has happened for me. And uh, it, certainly you mentioned Coach Sewell as a person that, um, that, you know, he gave me an opportunity from Huntingdon. I was a head coach at Huntingdon College. You know, Jay calls me in August after my third year 
I, you know, Jay was always the kind of guy that he would just talk to me when we would, I'd see him at the Future Masters, or I'd see him at the Blue, Gray, and Montgomery, or wherever, and he never was too big time for me. And he would always just, I'd, hey, Coach, how do y'all practice this? Hey, I'm 24 years old. I'm a head coach. I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just trying to ask and learn. So you remember those people that don't act too good for you and take the time to care for you. And so I, I think about that. You mentioned Buddy Alexander um, earlier in the call. When I first got to Alabama, Buddy, you know, kind of was still had it rolling at Florida. And I would always, you know, ask Buddy questions about how you qualify, how you do this. And then there's other guys just that, that have done it at a really high level. I, I've got, you know, four or five coaches right now that I, that I, um, that I talk to very regularly, just kind of, Hey, I was thinking this about qualifying from somebody that's not, uh, you know, that's not emotionally attached to this. How do you think about that? And then, you know, and you think about just people that believed in you all along, whether it's a high school coach like Chad Slayton or a, or a college coach or a, you know, whomever, just people that believed in you, um, that that's who you want to kind of, you think about in times like that and and you know and i hope the players that play here we don't do it perfectly but i I certainly hope that they know we believe in them and uh i think that's those are the coaches that that um you know that you remember and and uh, you know i've never been a guy that had a problem being held accountable or told to get on the line get on the line to run a suicide because we didn't do that that never was the kind of thing that bothered me i just if you knew where a coach was coming from if he was coming from a place of care love and support you don't really question that and um i don't know that's that's kind of you know you just take a little bit from all the coaches that that influenced your life in positive ways and and also just other great leaders i mean i oh tim corbin would tell you oh uh, you know, I'll wear him out with questions if he gives me the front door. You know what I mean, Jim? I mean, he's the best at what he does. If he opens his door to me, he's probably yeah. ready to close it after 30 minutes because that lumbar is wearing me out. Well, it's about mentorship, and you're mentoring young men, but it's also uh, kind of these coaches mentoring. That's the thing. You're very competitive amongst each other, but you're still – there's a fraternity, and we've seen it with, you know, so many – different guys as something happens in lives and they, you know, they're just, yeah, ultimately we're trying to win, but that's the beauty I think of our sport uh, of golf that even when it's all said and done, you win with dignity, you win with honor. Jack Nicholas was the best win, loser draw. And I think that's what separates our sport from, from the rest. And, and you've got, you know, Dusty Smith now at Mississippi state, one of your former coaches, uh, you know, you've got uh, Charlie Ewing, one of your former players, coaching the women's side at Mississippi State. That's got to make you feel pretty good that you've got some guys that, you know, that you've mentored who are down there now coaching. And I appreciate you mentioning that because I, uh, I just see, you know, when I see Mississippi State's both of their programs, I, I, I believe in the kind of uh, men that uh, husbands and, and Dusty as a father. I, I know what they're about. It. And we, we live in this world of, of instant gratification where, oh, give me that success now. And a lot of times in college athletics and sports, people aren't willing to hang in there will you, with you while you build things the right way. And uh, I, I look at I look at Mississippi State golf on, on the men's side, and and I, I just see something that's being built the right way, that's being done with class, with integrity, by uh, getting in the dirt with your players, they trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. and um, and you know you just hope that uh, people that you know see that 
you know, it's you know, believe in Mississippi State. They also see that. Like it's it's tough. I mean, when you look at our SEC right now, we have ten teams that were there in the top twenty five, and I think maybe thirteen or all fourteen teams going to regionals. Uh, you know, getting announced today. I mean, that that mountain is steep, and so the teams that make it or or, or the, you know that kind of rise, I think, are the teams that. They have something they believe in. They have a way that attracted the right kind of kids. They're not just throwing things to the wall. And when I look at and hoping it sticks, and when I when I look at um, Dusty and and Charlie, you know, I, I just know that those the I have daughters and I have a little boy, and I know with one hundred percent certainty those are the kind of men that if my my children wanted to play or you know play college golf, that that that's. That's what you want, that proper mentorship that, that is creating the all-around experience, not just the golf experience, the, the molding of young people experience. And, um, you know, and so it, it certainly is exciting to me and just, just love to be. I got to spend a couple hours with Charlie when we were down there at Mossy Oak and, and you know, then obviously, you know, playing with Mississippi State every day. And, 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 and you know, in full transparency, Dusty and I are we're super close. And, uh you know, it's it's funny, Jim. You you know, I got this job uh, in the summer of 2012, and um, uh, Dusty had been here a year. Okay, and so when they when they gave when they gave me when you know when they offered me this job, I looked at my wife and and right. um, and I said, you know, we'll we'll, we'll make an assistant coaching change. You know, we're gonna kind of you know read, read. I didn't know Dusty. You know, I'd been around him one time ever, and um, but it's just, it's a funny story because. Um, uh, and Kate was like, well, maybe you should listen to him and, you know, just see what he's about. He's young. You say you want a young guy. He's probably a good recruiter, you know. And I said, okay, well, I'll, well anyway, I, I just got dusty kind of pursued me and just kind of said, hey, coach, um, I, I've been recruiting this guy, this guy, and this guy. And so I go on my first recruiting trip as a Vanderbilt uh, coach and go over to Atlanta uh, to a tournament. And, and Kate was going to drive up from Tuscaloosa and meet me. And, you know, and the, Vanderbilt had us a hotel or whatever over near campus, and I called Kate and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call Dusty and tell him we're staying with him." And she's like, "Scott, you can't do that to him." I said, "No. How are we gonna figure out if this is our guy if we don't get to know him?" And so she said, "Okay." And so anyway, I, I'm coming over, coming through Chattanooga, and I, I call, I called Dusty, and I said, "Hey, buddy, um, I'll be at my wife and I'll be at your house in about an hour and a half, and uh, we're, we're gonna stay with you tonight and just talk things through." And he, he said, do what? And I said, uh, so I said it again. And long story short, uh, he, he at the time, he was engaged to Janie. They were getting <laughs> married like the next week. And he called her, like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? You know, you got kind of a, a bachelor pad or whatever, you know. And she said, we got to go buy a couple stools. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to go put fresh sheets on the bed, you know, and all this. And so long story short, just, I mean, I, I hadn't been there 10 minutes, you know. And, and uh, we're sitting there chatting. And, 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 and Dusty just kind of looks over at me. And he's like, so are you keeping me or what? And I'm like, you dadgum right, I'm keeping you. And, you know, the way he just kind of pursued it and was diligent, <laughs> and that's my personality. And, that, you know, and, and, and you know, and we got to spend five great years together. And it's just, you know, when you talk about how paths are carved out and you look at different paths, you know, I just I, I think about that and, and think it's a pretty cool story. You, I'm so glad you told that because I had him on. Uh, the podcast when I first started doing this, when he first kind of took over, and I hadn't really met him either. And he tells, I wanted to hear your version. It's very similar. He said, I first just had to come out and ask him, 
am I staying or not? And I thought that was just, that's who he is. And he's a wonderful guy. And just, I spent 20, 30 minutes with him and felt like I'm doing my whole life. And it's been fun to see how he's progressed. And he's had a tough year with his daughter, Scotty. And, and I'll, I'll mention that at the end of the podcast. And, and, you know, the, a lot of teams have got behind them and, and she has child, you know, had cancer and, and it's a fundraiser. Everybody's kind of got together, Scotty's birdies. And, and it's been great to see you and so many of your coaches and the SEC teams and, and just kind of get back to, to try to find a cure for that. And he's had a tough year, uh, but it, they've really turned it around. But you got an interesting in the SECs, you got paired against them. You're coaching against them uh, in the first round of the match play. And they needed a big week because they were right, right on the bubble making it. What's it like coaching against one of your former coaches? It's not like basketball. It's a little different strategy. But what was it like that? It had to be emotional for both of you guys. I'm so pumped for his team, you know, to get in there. And we were fortunate to kind of be on the right side of, of, of on the final round of stroke play. So I, I was paying attention to kind of how the, how the bottom couple of teams in, in were going to shake out. And, you know, I, I wasn't obviously not pulling against anybody, but was, was, was really excited to see, the, you know, Mississippi State get in there uh, because I just know – uh, you know, I just knew what it could mean for their program um, as they make their climb. And, you know, to coach against Dusty, was he, he knows me probably as well as anybody. And uh, uh, he, he kind of knows how I think, knows what, what I like to do, probably knew what I was going to think in match play a little bit. And um, um, so I, I always knew, Jim, there was never a doubt in my mind that um, that it was going to be, you know, a tough, tough match for us. And, and I know it's easy for anybody to say, all right, yeah, whatever, y'all are this. And I just know how important the mind is and that focus. And if your focus isn't, you know, and, and, and we, there was no dish. We had just played with Mississippi State for three rounds. We, we, we knew what they're about. They, they were right there with us for most of that tournament at Moss Hill, mm-hmm. you know, with Ford Clay, Hunter Lowe. I mean, we know what they got and uh but as much as you tell your guys you you know and we're getting told how great we are and all great playing in stroke play and this and that and you know gordon you know finishes second in 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 stroke play and you know fortunately for us we'd been in this situation one time before against Ole miss in 2017 and you know i mean that match came down to the last putt on the last hole matthias schwab versus Braden thornberry i'm talking about the last, and, and, you know, and so I had that example mm-hmm. to kind of bring up with our guys and kind of talk about, hey, if you go look at Michael Jordan's stats, he was able to, he played great against everybody, you know, not just when he had to play the Knicks in the playoffs or the Lakers, but it, like great teams get themselves up there when they, you know, when they have to. And, and so I just, I talked about how it's going to take our best effort. I knew it would. And and it did. I mean, we we end up going to the you know that Reed Davenport um, you know ends up getting you know our best two players right now. I mean, you know Cole and Gordon lose their matches matches to to Ford and Hunter and uh, and you know and our then we get a big points from Harrison Ott and William Maul, upperclassmen, been in the fires, getting the job done, and then you know Reed Davenport, you know. You know, gets it done on the nineteenth hole, and so you know we we felt really fortunate to get through that match, Jim. But the feeling of coaching it's it's not like it's jubilant joy that that we beat them. It's it's just it was it was relief, and also um, you know um, I, I was happy for for Mississippi State as well. But it's competition, and we want to win. <laughs> 
Yeah, and there's a sense of pride, uh, and and for both sides, and you're, you're proud of them how they have accomplished things. You kind of answered this, but I've always asked my guests, and I even asked Jack Nicholas this question. I mean, what separates that elite athlete? What makes them elite? Uh, I mean, we know you're one of the elite teams, but what separates that elite? And you've kind of hit on that a lot in this in our conversation. But you know, what do you think separates that elite player from the from the rest? Every every great truly great player, great coach has, has what I call kind of snipers. You know, what are those snipers that you lean into in your game or in your leadership or, or as a husband or as a, as a father, like what, are, what's your skill set that you're the strongest at? And so you need to make sure you've got that because those are going to be what you're going to rely on when, when the pressure's on. Okay. And, um, and then I think, um, you know, for us, it's, it's, it, it's about a, a bunch of guys that, I feel like they, they, they feel like they've been kind of uh, doubted all year and uh, all the, everybody else in literature or not. I mean, everybody else gets talked about. Everybody else gets told they're this and they're that. And, and I just feel like our team feels like, you know, we can play against anybody and we will play against anybody. And, uh, um, and, and, but yet they, they, they still feel like there's, there's a lot of, you know, doubt, uh, going around about our team and so um, they showed up at the SECs like just looked at it as another opportunity to prove who we think we are and and we can't control anything else anybody says does or thinks all we got us and the way we approach every day uh, but I also think if you look at it with Reed and and um, and uh, Cole and Gordon, I mean, there's some there's some internal competition there, and uh, you know, to, to 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 raise the bar, and you know, it's the same thing that was going on when I was at Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you have Justin Thomas and Bobby Wyatt and Corey Whitsett, Trey Mullinax, and I mean, by God, you don't want to get beat by those guys. You want to beat them, and um, you know, we're a team, but you you still like. So I think it, it's it's the competitive character of, of mm-hmm. our top guys right now that just says. Man, I, I want to be the dude. I want to be that guy, and um, and so I, I think that's a little bit about what's helping this team have some success. Yeah, it's a healthy competition. Uh, David Thomas tells a story that the fourth and fifth guy at LSU when he was playing were playing off. They were roommates, and uh, one beat the other for the last spot. And one of the guy that lost put a big old strip of tape down the middle of the room, told his partner, "You can't cross." And he goes, well, the bathroom's on that side. He goes, you're gonna have to figure it out. You're not crossing, so it doesn't get, it, it, yeah, it doesn't get to that part. But it is, it's, it's always a, a tricky balance for coaches and, and players because you are. That's the hard part. Uh, and for kids that are listening, when you go to college, you may be playing against your roommate for that last spot, and 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 you just have to be able to handle it mentally. Uh, and the chemistry comes naturally. You can't just force it. And I think you guys have got some great chemistry, but. You know, you, you had your family there when you guys win the SEC back-to-back, first time since Alabama did it in 2013, 14, 15, when they won three in a row. What's it like to have your family there when you win a, a big title like that, like you did with the SEC? It's just really cool. Um, my wife kind of plays uh, uh, in the background role with Vanderbilt Golf, but uh, – they're not. She 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 gets it, and she's um, she's a huge part in the way she supports and and really loves. We we've always viewed this this coaching um, when 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 I was doing it, and when I met her, when I met Kate, and you know she she understands athletics as I mentioned. But but we you know this is an extension of our family, and and I want my kids to my my own children to understand. Okay, dads 
gone, whatever, however many nights a year, he's he's with our family. Like those kids are true. Those the, the, the guys on the the boys on the golf team, as my 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 children all refer to them as the boys. The boys on the golf team. That's that extension of our family, and so. When we're there, that's a celebration for all of us. It's not, you know, I do not want it to be about dad or just just me. I want him, I want them to feel like this is theirs too, and um, and I think that bleeds over into just what we call our Vandy Golf family and and the support that we have. And when we're teeing it up on the first tee of the SEC Championship, and we've got forty or fifty people there in black and gold, I want our boys to feel that something has been built here that you need to take pride in. And uh, you need to be proud to be introduced as a Vanderbilt golfer, and um, and 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 I think they do, and and so there's there's a lot of things that go into that, but I, I do think that uh, you know my family uh, plays a significant role in that. Yeah, I think that you got to be proud of the bag you carry. I know my wife when she played at LSU, she said it was just proud to have that LSU on there. I had the same when I was at Tennessee, and I think that's for any player. you got to be proud of where you go to school. But you mentioned the regionals. I know you're getting ready for that uh, this afternoon, figuring out where you're you're going. But I noticed a lot of coaches now, and now COVID's gone, thank goodness. It's not gone, but it's kind of changed. Uh, you're able to travel a lot of different uh, places. Do you guys do that? Or do you make the schedule just to prepare maybe if you get a regional site where you have to go to uh, out west on Poana Greens, do you do that to kind of prepare these guys for different type of grasses when you make a schedule ahead of the, you know, the beginning of the year? Hey, um, Jim, it's as much about, like we started this, this spring out at the Prestige at uh, PGA West, you know, out in Palm Springs, California. And for a couple of reasons, I guess a little bit about what postseason could be like if, if we we do what we're hoping to do um, but it's also just to get uncomfortable you know like I mean this game makes you uncomfortable makes it kind of mm-hmm. hard to swallow and and um, and so to get really I, I always when I'm scheduling I always want to go to a minimum of two to three new places a year and, and, and a lot of coaches kind of go to the, there are there are some built-in regulars for us you know based on relationships or whatnot, but I want to go to places where the coaching staff and the players are completely uncomfortable. It's the unknown. We got to get in the dirt together. We got to, it's not just, Oh yeah, I'm Mm. on number one at this course. I've been here a thousand times. You need to hit this and that. And I don't like bottling our kids up into a certain way they need to play. I want them to feel the freedom to play golf the way they were born to play golf. Um, And, but also, you know, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And I won't, it, it takes a little time to earn that trust. I'm not going to go to the first tournament with Gordon Sargent and tell him he needs to do this off number one at Pebble Beach. Like, this guy's had a lot of success in his life. I don't want to put restrictor plates on that dude. And um, um, I, I'm a big believer in that. Like, you mm-hmm. got to learn to just keep your mouth closed for a little while on things like that and let it play out so they can kind of, it helps them. Um, believe in themselves and say this is my game and then once that you know through the fall and then into the spring you kind of start seeing a certain way that I need to play golf based on what, what we're learning through my stats through my trends through my you know is my routine getting better are my targets getting tighter all is my body language a little better than it was in the fall uh, you know all of those little things Jim they matter and um, especially this time of year, if you can't if you can't do those little things, 
then we need to find somebody else that can. Yeah, you got to be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. I mean, that's the key. That's the key to the tour. That's the key to life. Uh, I remember Kathleen, my daughter, senior year. You know, playing at LSU. All of a sudden, they get thrown to Michigan State. Well, they she hadn't played on bent grass or bluegrass rough, and it was a shock to her. And I mean, I don't have two days to kind of teach her how to do it. It's uh, you know, as a dad, she calls dad, "How do I you know play off this stuff?" I said, "You just got to be on it more often." And I think that's why we see it both on the men's and women's side now, so many coaches doing that. But uh, one last kind of question. What's the key for you all to get uh, on into Scottsdale and competing for that national title, or what are some of the keys for you guys? And, uh, you know, we get home from SEC, and I think it was maybe, what is it, was it 18 days or so uh, that you got kind of reset, and we've been playing Every week, basically, Jim, we, you know, we go Mason Rudolph, our home event, straight to Mossy Oak, straight to, you know, it was a back-to-back-to-back kind of situation. And now it's like, oh, there's a pause and there's a reset. Mm-hmm. And so as a coach, that makes you uncomfortable because things were clicking and ticking. And so I, I gave the guys, uh, we gave the guys some space. Um, and, and so now it's about, all right, we're we're gonna kind of get locked and loaded here as they're getting through finals this week, and it, it's gonna be like a you know a little ten day prep of all right, boys, here we go, and um, you know we, we want to hear where we're going today because, like you said, if we're going to bent grass or if we're going down to all Bermuda, we want to focus our you know our practices in, in such a way that we think will, will help us based on you know what clubs we're going to be using the most at those courses, and so I just think it's about. You know, a team that's that's starving for success and not, you know, you're kind of blocking out the noise and all of that. It just kind of, I mean, our undivided attention has to be on this next golf tournament. Nothing down the road from that. You, you know, you want to, this next golf tournament has to be the most important thing to us right now. And, um, and, and you know, and I think our leadership will, will help us have that kind of focus. But you never know, and, um, and and so I think that's that's the, the most important thing to me, Jim, is getting them focused on the job at hand, uh, because the outside world kind of wants to tell you um, this and that, but you got to have that internal kind of um, fortitude to be like, okay, this is what I need to do every day, and then you got to you, you got to be one of the teams that believes you're good enough uh, to, to 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 do the whole deal. And, um, you know, not hope, um, you know, hope won't get you there. It's a, it's an, it's a real belief that, you know, we belong. And, and, and so, you know, I think that's what we'll look forward to hopefully seeing from our guys. Well, that's well said because, uh, it all gets down to, uh, the bottom line is you got to kind of play with that desire and you can't be scared of the moment. But when you look back on your career, and this is always a tricky question. I've asked only a handful of coaches this. How would you want your players to describe you as a coach? How would you want them to describe you? That's a hard one, I know. But I've asked Ryan Cabbage that, and he took about a minute to kind of figure it out. Uh, and it's a it's a tricky one. But how would you want them to describe you? Not maybe how they do. How would you want them to describe you? But he helped me become the very best version of myself through the good times through the tough times because they're always coming. They're always going to happen. They're at this, you know, when we have them, they're at this, this stage of life where they're trying to figure themselves out. And there has to be freedom in that to let them be them. Like you gotta, you chase, you chase you, man. You go be you, but we're gonna do it within the confines of the standards we believe in. 
And so I, mm-hmm. I hope that. I hope that somewhere through here they, they learn lessons and that it's not just about a trophy. It's not just about I, – I, I never stand in front of our team talking about winning anything. There's not one player here that can ever – that will ever say to you, Jim, that Coach Limbaugh said we were going to win this week. I, I don't. I can't do anything about what Florida is going to do in that match, Jim, or or LSU is going to do, or, or Tim, it doesn't matter. It's about what we do. That's all we got control of, and uh, and that's an mm-hmm. everyday mindset. And and so I, I just think in this, you know, social media world of put this out there that I look so good and that I'm doing this so great. And look, oh, I got it figured out. None of us got it figured out. Nobody's got anything figured out. And, um, and so I, that, that would be my, it's okay to struggle. <laughs> it's okay to be vulnerable. Let's talk about it. Let's get better through it. And, um, but coach loved me during that moment when I need when I really needed a hand on my shoulder um, or you know or, or or a kick in the side. He was there with me. He wasn't judging. He wasn't you know standing on the mountaintop saying he had it all figured out. He was in there with us, and uh, so I, I hope that. And uh, but that would be my hopes. I have a sneaky feeling that's how they describe you. So well said, buddy. I appreciate you spending some time with us, and uh, good luck. You'll find out this afternoon where uh, y'all are going. I have a feeling I'll see you out in Scottsdale at the NCAAs, and I look forward to seeing and catching back up with you. Sounds great, Jim. I appreciate you having me on, buddy. Well, I appreciate Coach Limbaugh spending some time with us, and uh, now we know that Vandy will be the uh, number one seed in the Palm Beach Gardens at PGA National. Uh, regional down there. They'll be in there with Florida, Notre Dame, Florida State, Purdue, New Mexico, South Florida, Little Rock, College of Charleston, Indiana, San Diego, Davidson, Loyola Marymount, and Charleston Southern. So Vandy, the number one seed down in uh, Palm Beach Gardens, and good luck to them. Appreciate Coach Limbaugh spending some time with him. It's great to have him on, and uh, like I said, they won four out of five going into the SEC. They win that, so they have won five out of six this spring have some great momentum and good luck to them and to all the teams and until next time remember in life or golf you may have only one shot you got to make it count talk to y'all later Until the devil's hands are all done in.